Welcome to the Elizabeth and Joey Show. Groove it and shake it, so glad you could make it the Elizabeth and Joey Show. Time for the ride, you're welcome inside the Elizabeth and Joey Show. A great show today, so glad you pressed play the Elizabeth and Joey Show. The show's gonna start, it's cool you took part, the Elizabeth and Joey Show. The Elizabeth and Joey Show. Elizabeth and Joey Show. All right, guys, welcome to the Elizabeth and Joey Show. As always, you have me and my favorite partner in crime. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. <laughs> you guys, I am so excited for tonight's show. This is my first time having a guest in our studio. I got to tell you, I have a long list of acquaintances, but very few people that I call my friend. And who we have tonight is definitely on my short list. She barely even calls me a friend, guys. Just letting you know. (laughs) (laughs) She is a mother, entrepreneur, and a businesswoman at Three Bears Bakery. She is that person that when the zombie apocalypse comes, you want her in your corner. (laughs) One of my most favorite people to get lost in an hour okay hours long conversation with <laughs> with I, a, you know i've been waiting at home when she says i'm just <laughs> i'm just gonna go drop something off at jackie's house real quick nope two hours later i'm like what the heck <laughs> anyways with a bachelor of science in applied biological sciences and a concentration in genetics and a minor in history wow. she is a fly fishing extraordinaire butcher baker candlestick maker and dare i say <laughs> a jacqueline of all trades <laughs> one of my dearest friends jacqueline hartwig welcome my friend thank you so much <laughs> that was super clever <laughs> i love it i feel i'm blushing i definitely am. <laughs> all right so that is a wow that is that is a pretty awesome like I adore her. How long have I been telling you we need is, her on? Yeah, that's quite an quite an accomplishment. Yes. I'm super excited to be here. I'm loving this. This is way fun for me. Good. Okay, so I need your permission to tell my favorite story of you. Go for it. Okay. So one of my most favorite stories of Jacqueline is when I was pregnant with Remy. Okay. All of us girls went out to dinner at that little Mexican oh, spot. Yes. And normally uh-huh. I'm the thug in the group. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the one who's like, I got everyone's back. We've got this. It's all good. And this dude came up to us and he was tripping. He was high. He was drunk. Something was happening with him. He was having some issues. Was I wasn't really there that night, guys. No, it was I'm a girls kidding. night. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he came up and he's like, you guys, call the cops. This guy's going to kill us. And Jacqueline looks at the group and she just pulls out a knife and puts it up on the table. And I was like, that's my friend right there. Dude, your personal safety is your responsibility. Right? That's awesome. I, I And I do really like that knife. Buck makes that knife. It's a good knife. <laughs> my husband loves knives. I'm a collector. I'm, I, I, I've got... T- I've got t- I, I think every, every time that I see your husband... I always pull out a brand new knife and I have to show him because he, I know he's one of those guys that would definitely appreciate my knife. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that was this year. We, uh, she would appreciate my, your knife. I know, no, she would <laughs> my, husband thing. Might appreciate my knife obsession. Connoisseur-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, between knives and flashlights, those are things that we uh, oh, always have. Me too. Um, <laughs> just always have a flashlight, always have a knife. I used to carry concealed and I'm a huge uh, proponent of that, but mm-hmm. with really little 
kids. Um, right now, it's mm. the likelihood of needing that versus the likelihood of my four-year-old getting into it. And, and she knows gun safety, and we talk about it a lot, but um, it's actually, it's more of her friends coming over that might yeah. not have a household that is taught those I kinds of things. So those yeah. are mm-hmm. locked in a safe for right now until they turn nine, and they can take a hunter safety education course, and I can take them hunting. That'd you know, be really fun. That's awesome. It's so funny because this is totally not on our list of topics tonight, but I'm just going to throw this <laughs> one in there. Like, I get a lot a flack from people because I grew up in a household where my mom was NRA. My dad was in the military. My dad drove truck for, I don't know, 30, <laughs> 40 years. He carried yeah. constantly. We grew up shooting. Like I have pictures of me probably even in diapers. Oh yeah. Like holding, obviously a parental unit behind <laughs> me. However, people holding are Holding like, an Uzi? Yeah, there it there is. There you go. Um, a bazooka. <laughs> but like people are always like, that's horrible. And I was like, uh, no, before we ever could touch, we had to know about cleaning it. Yeah. We had to understand oh, yeah. the responsibility that comes with it. This is not a toy. This is a tool. Yeah, absolutely. I have my dad got us 22s when we turned two years old. But one of my favorite memories growing up and and a place where I felt like really trusted by my dad is we would sit and we would reload, uh, which is where you take the casings or the shells, depending on uh, what type of ammunition, Mm -hmm. and you put new... powder in and and you make it mm-hmm. so that you can shoot it again. Um, and there's something called a primer, which is basically the, it's a little round thing that makes it go boom. Yeah. It's, it's what gets hit by a pin mm-hmm. and that's what causes the explosion that makes it shoot. I and learned, so, I learned, so cool. I learned all about that watching The Walking Dead. Just, Never seen it. <laughs> but so there's a thing, there's a big metal punch Stop. that you punch that out. And if you have to check and make sure that there's a little divot uh, mm-hmm. in it that it, so that you know that it's been fired, that it's been hit by the firing pin. Yeah. And if you punch it out and it hasn't been fired, it will go bang. Yeah. And but in the wrong direction. In the wrong direction. And in a room full of, um, yeah. We call it gunpowder, but it's not actually gunpowder yeah. these days. And my dad never double checked me. And I was like eight. Wow. And so that was just a really cool. And I don't know whether that was intentional parenting or just I love my dad and, and something that he really did trust me with it. But yeah. I remember feeling just so trusted of, okay, yeah. this is really my job and it like to keep my family That's safe amazing. and do this. And we would just sit and talk and that was my job. And I do think that with firearms, with anything, I mean, I kind of laugh if you handed somebody who's never cooked a huge chef's knife, they'd freak out a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but just like anything, if you learn how to use it, you learn how to respect it. I think mm-hmm. especially here in America, we have a great heritage of shooting sports and firearms and hunting. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing bad, inherently scary with any of it. Yeah. Uh, more people get killed by hammers uh, yeah. than fists. Then yeah. uh, I think they just released that statement recently. Uh, yeah. But as far as things that are dangerous, um, guns are pretty low on the list. Well, I think we all here can agree that the Second Amendment is here and we love it and we appreciate it. Absolutely. However, so Joey is like, every time I'm watching a show, like he likes to call them my novellas. He's like, this is so predictable. I can't believe you're watching this. If you watch The Walking Dead, you'd be like, this is so predictable. I would handle it this way. So I don't know that you would enjoy it very much. Dude, I don't do horror movies. Um, I have way, I have always had much to ask 
active of an imagination. Mm-hmm. I scare myself. There I don't need go. any additional content. That's and I'm me. home alone a lot, so I do not <laughs> I do not watch scary movies at all. Uh, my husband loves them. He loves anything zombie. Like when yes. we were first dating, we went to um, I think it's called a Howie's, and I wasn't I had not played a lot of video games, but we were playing a I think it was Call of Duty that had like a zombie level on it. I don't remember. Uh, but I had I headphones so. on and I'm finally like not <laughs> dying in the first 10 seconds. So I'm starting That's to right. get into it a little bit and I get eaten from a zombie from like behind my character uh. and I legitimately let out like a blood curdling <laughs> scream in the middle of this Howie's with my earphones on and everyone just stops and I was like uh, are you okay? I got eaten I got eaten zombies no I don't do zombies but if I that apocalypse it. ever happened um, I'll be at your door yeah come on over yeah. bring, bring stuff you know okay. <laughs> bring the microphone I'll bring this there you go we'll we talk can. about it morale <laughs> is important it is. It is. We can sharpen these these microphone stands and they could be weapons. <laughs> there it is. I'm pretty upset because recently I lost my favorite knife. <gasps> it was an out the front knife. You know, it just it comes right out the front. Assisted, an assisted uh, opening. Yep. Um, I loved that thing. Sad. Yeah, it was a sad day. Losing a knife is sad. I I've been lucky. I've I I still have my one of my first. I have a little Browning knife that my dad gave me when I was really little. But we had we had a. I had gotten Brad a Benchmade Griptilian when we were yeah. engaged, oh gosh, and someone—that's that, expensive knife. Yeah, right. TSA pretty much—he got yoinked from his military oh, bag, no. and so he—that was that. Oh, ben, bench, there, those are expensive. Like it's a hundred dollar plus knife. Yeah, they, they can get up there. I was looking at <laughs> when I was looking for a really good knife for an out the front knife. Uh, I was looking at one of theirs. Super expensive. It was like an eight hundred dollar knife. They're nice. Though. <laughs> I have a lot of different companies, but. I, I do yeah. love for our oh, I think it's fifth anniversary uh, we stick to the old school anniversary mm-hmm. gifts and so one of them was wood and Brad got me a really nice knife uh, I believe it was a boker and oh, with nice. an olive handle an oh, olive wood sweet. handle sweet. and he had the back of it etched keeping each other sharp for five years nice it was super <laughs> cute that's pretty cool that's yeah, awesome. We, we definitely have an affection for. <laughs> I guess you could call it weaponry, but we think of them as tools, you know, it utility items. Well, I love that we just ironically had this whole conversation because our first topic is this whole conversation. Um, women in the outdoors. Dude, it's happening yeah. more and more. There's been a 25% increase of women in outdoors, whether it's shooting sports, whether it's fishing since 2006. Really? Wow. It's been really cool. That's really cool. I think, um, I don't know if it's more free time or what. I was really blessed. I had an awesome dad who took me as a young girl. And so there was no like boys only trips. Um, my dad just, we all went. And so I got taught hunting, um, archery, uh, rifles. We, we fished all the time. We're huge into fly fishing, um, ever since I was really, really little. And I just got, um, I mean, really sucked into it. I think probably a big part of it twofold partially just the zen of being outdoors um Mm -hmm. we're very religious and so i loved being in like okay this is what god created and this is how he wanted yeah i like to think of myself as like all right if if uh, we got to help with the creation of the earth this river i i planned the way this river would meander and the sounds that it would make i Um, love that i just i love being out there in that it brings me a kind of peace that i don't find in other things 
And then secondly, there's a level of, I love to be an expert in things, but with the outdoors, uh, shooting sports and fishing, um, there's an element that you don't have control over, like fish. Fish mm-hmm. are not a respecter of persons. <laughs> and there's no like, aha, I know all of the things. And so I think just, it's like a continuous rabbit hole yeah. uh, that mm-hmm. you can go down into. And it's been a huge part of my life in teaching it. Um, I was able to start working for Bass Pro Shops when I was 17 years old. And I was able to, I taught that, I taught Boy Scouts, and just being able to share that passion and get people involved. Um, There's a group called Becoming an Outdoors Woman. There's a group called Women in the Outdoors. Trout Unlimited has their, um, they call it their diversity initiative, where they're trying to get more women into it. Because if half of our state, it's actually 52% of Arizona's women, 48% male, right? and, um, but only 30% of women hold a hunting or fishing license. So they're like, oh man, if, if half of the state uh-huh. is women, half of them should be hunting and fishing. Yeah. And so 30% wow. is pretty good, but I love that it's increasing. I love that more women are getting out there, feeling more comfortable in it. Companies are starting to make uh, gear specifically for yeah. women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's She Outdoors. Um, Matthew's uh, bow company is starting to make bows with shorter draw lengths and just a lot of really cool things like that that are making it easier. When I was first getting into it, you know, I had waders that were designed for um, a men's crotch, not a woman's crotch. Right. <laughs> so there's yeah. little things like that that are a little bit of a barrier to entry. But I think for the most part, it's just if you didn't have a dad that took you or or maybe you didn't have a dad in the home at all it's hard to jump into as an adult mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that yeah. was one of the things I loved about getting to teach it it was taking a 30 year old I, I had yeah. a 2 year old that I want to experience this thing I didn't get mm-hmm. to experience Okay, so before we jump into that one um, of my favorite things that you've taught me is that a woman's body is actually it's not it's hunter gatherer yes that that we are hunter gatherer that they I'm pointing to my sweet husband he's the one that should be able to run with a spear <laughs> yeah not we are designed beard, for weight yes mm-hmm. so it makes wow. sense that we are out there packing and carrying and going up a mountain and oh yeah big all time. that and in fact we just recently hiked uh, Aravipa Canyon and this was where is that oh it's here in Arizona it's beautiful you have to get a uh, um, a permit for it, but it's not very expensive. It just uh-huh. makes sure that not too many people are going in um, to that way it protects the environment there. Yeah. But we, this was before I got pregnant with Braddock and it was Brad had Amelia on his back and I had Rosalind and we had all of our gear to go overnight. And so I'm five foot three. I'm not going to say my weight, <laughs> but I had my daughter, Rosalind, uh, at the time was about 25 pounds. The pack was about 15. Um, that brings us to 40. And then I had about another 25 pounds of tent and sleeping bag and food for we were there overnight. And so you I you guys, had, you guys like to like to hike love in, love to backpack, backpack in. in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so awesome. I always want to do that, but I always carry this weight in front in my <laughs> belly, and I think, I mean, like. Well, we'll I talk can't about trading priorities when we talk about small living. Um, you don't have to be ridiculously in shape, but it was funny. Uh, my husband was a little bit 
complaining about, man, my feet hurt. And I was like, I got this. I, I wow. The cardio part, when we were going uphill, less so. He was better at that part. But yeah, we really are. We're designed to have a kid strapped to our back and, mm-hmm. and food and gear. And we've been doing that for thousands of years. And yeah. so all this jazzercise, uh, <laughs> lightweight cardio with yeah. a you know, little two-pound pink weight, that just is not really great for our physique, for our bodies. And I would even argue for mental health. I think that so much of society right now is trying to unburden, but I think sometimes having that weight on your shoulder gives you some traction in life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to go, like, let's say India and ask if anybody's been camping, absolutely not. They, that's like hilarious okay. to them. So actually this, this idea of enjoying the outdoors is a pretty American thing. And so really. Yeah, so specifically, Roosevelt kind of was big into this, and this is why the Boy Scouts were created. As we became an industrialized nation, the United States was afraid that our men wouldn't know how to to be... Um, wouldn't know how to trap, wouldn't know, wouldn't have all these skills, survival skills, camping skills that were highly valued as frontiersmen. And so they created the Boy Scouts of America because they thought with all this industrialization, the urbanization of the United States, that we were going to lose that rustic, rugged part of us. Mm. And so, most wow. other countries don't look at it that way. They, they're like, why in the heck would you spend a ton of money on a tent and go hiking to sleep outside? Um, camping is not, and, and there's exceptions, but in, for the general rule, a lot of, uh, that's a pretty American thing. But now would you, would you say that because in other countries, that's how they, they do to survive. Like I've watched documentaries about Africa per se, and that's how they survive. They go out, they kill their meat, they bring it back, they go out, they forge their berries, they look for their water sources, and then they come back. They weave, which oh, means yeah. they have Weaving to plant, is plant crops mm. to do so. Whereas here, it's more of an activity to do. There, it's a lifestyle. Depending on where you're at, it's really looks. If you look at like the level of industrialization, mm-hmm. you can kind of track that to how removed are you going to be from your food source and from where your clothing comes from. Um, and and that is totally true here. If and even though hunting is we have a lot of people that hunt in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are pretty far removed from an understanding of where their food comes from. Like the, most yeah. people would be really uncomfortable butchering an animal. It's I, just, I don't touch fish. Right. So there's people <laughs> have kidding. things like that. <laughs> no, but I, now, but you could kill it, clean it and cook it. Absolutely. Everything. Um, I love it. My, I, we have, uh, my six by six bull elk, uh, European mounted in our front room. And we actually, fi- we moved it to, we have a room called the fly tying room. It's, it's kind of now the third baby room. I've, but we moved it into there because I got sick of explaining that it was mine and not my husband's, um, elk. Um, cause we do laugh and he is big into the outdoors now with me. He's learned it all. But when we yeah. first met, he had never hunted. So legitimately, he taught me how to sew and I taught him how to hunt and fish. I bought him his first bow, uh, when we were engaged. Wow. And, That's and he's cool. a big manly guy. He's yeah. in the military and, but that yeah. was just his family grew up canoeing and camping. Okay. They did not really hunt or fish. So they enjoyed the outdoors, Mm -hmm. but in a very different way than Mm -hmm. my family had Mm -hmm. growing up. But he took to it like a fish to water. I mean, he loved, he's got an elk hunt this September. It will be his first archery elk hunt. I'm I'm really excited. That's really cool. I told him he's got to get one because I miss being able to have that healthy 
freezer full of awesome meat that I butchered. I know how it Mm -hmm. was treated and taken care of. We take the skill of being a good marksman very seriously. Part of that as respect to the animal. So it has a good death. And like the Native American community is really awesome about some of the cool traditions that they have with killing animals. And uh, we don't have a cultural tradition with that but we as a family would always like when I killed my elk we thanked the animal it was um, I think people kind of have this idea of hunting as like yeah a lot more aggressive than it is and it's just not Mm -hmm. at least almost everybody that I know that is a hunter is there's a lot of respect and love in fact almost all of the money that goes into conservation is done through hunters, whether it's their license fees or their tag fees. Um, so if, if you're talking, put your money where your mouth is as far as mm-hmm. loving animals and loving yeah. preservation of wilderness, that's hunters. That's We really do um, protect what we love and what we enjoy and make sure that it trying to make sure that it'll be able to pass down to generations. That's pretty That's interesting. That's such an amazing yeah. take on it. And I really appreciate you saying that because I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine and kind of telling her some of the things that we were going to talk about. And she's like, oh, I really love topics two and three that we're going to get yeah. to. But when she was looking at one, she was like, I just... I can't understand why people have to go out and kill an animal. There's this in the store and there's that in the store. And I kept trying to explain to her, this is not going out. And those horrible pictures that you see of these people that go into like different countries and they've got the giraffe or the lion. You know what though? So a lion hunt where that is an old lion that is probably going to die next year anyways, that can provide the financial well-being for an entire village for a year. And that Western person is willing to pay for basically that half of that village's salary for a six month period. I Again, don't see that as unethical. A different take on that. I didn't look at it as that. Yeah, I've always looked at it. Economy. And that's really cool because rather than having something like where, like a lot of Western nations, we love to donate to, to causes like that. But sometimes we destroy local economies. If we take a, a huge thing of rice and drop it in on a country and you're a mm. rice farmer in that country, well, you just got majorly undercut. Um, mm. if, so I, I actually, kind of love that they are able to manage their own game. They hire people that protect that game from poachers. There's some misconception of what's actually endangered and what's not. Like elephants are in a lot of places overrunning to the point where they have to kill them. They call it Mm -hmm. culling, but they have to decrease herd sizes so they don't starve to death because they don't have enough land to support that population. Mm -hmm. So if you can get someone who's willing to pay to experience that kind of a hunt that will provide and fuel an economy, and that's what those people are choosing to do with their land and their resources, no different than like, you know, we chose to manage our timber. The United States has Mm -hmm. really good hardwood timber or whatever it is. That was our the way that we decided to manage our resources as a country to provide for our country's economy and for our people. I think it's a cool autonomy for them, but I can see how it might bug people. 
Yeah, but those yeah. are usually the people that are sitting in their air-conditioned right. house uh, watching, you know, Housewives of Atlanta or something, you know, where they don't, you know, see They've it from that no perspective. got no skin in the game. Right, they yeah, can, they, they, you don't they see it from that perspective. They have social outrage about yeah. something that's not going to affect you know, their life in any way, you know, shape, Jordan or form. Was, Jordan was talking to me about that last night, and she was like, well, a, a, It was uh, the feminist. There you go. <laughs> um, the whole hour. It was an assembly. And Thank you, which we'll totally, you and I should talk about. But I thought it was really interesting because, you, <laughs> because they said that, you know, if, if you're going to complain about something, you need to do something about it. And I was like, okay, Elizabeth knows my views and all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I was like, well, well, does that mean from the, from their perspective, getting out there and doing something means going out there and voting? Because honestly, me, I, I'm one of those persons that don't, honestly believe voting is going to do anything about it now if you go out there and actually do get in there and get your hands dirty and actually do something about it in your community that, that's involved, my own perspective to get but, but your be involved, hands dirty and get be, your hands dirty and get out totally there and get in the nitty-gritty yeah. and do it which is Protest, what they were telling the girls do, do to so. do to go vote or no, to, go to get into it to get into it because they're not old enough to vote yet so get in there educate yourself be aware of what's really going on before you sit back and go i have an opinion on this which you know this is funny because i knew that this was going to take some weird turns. Like I knew we were not going to go straight forward on this, but I love that it took this turn. I totally do. I was not prepared. Like I feel like you've changed my mind, which always happens with you. I always walk I away. And I'm like, like I was so non-vax. And then all of a sudden I go over to Jacqueline's and I spend what, 28 hours. And before I know it, I'm like, I am pro-education now. I am not anti-vax. I am pro-education all of a sudden. I love it. I think people do get like a little too polarized on things and they forget to put it in context. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's something that I get a little obsessed about is, is putting it into context with that. Mm -hmm. But it's something I definitely experienced. Like in high school, I vividly remember, this is back when people printed pictures pre-smartphone. <laughs> um, we still print pictures, look all over the house. Right? <laughs> There's actually none in here, which is funny that I said that. But, but I brought like a... I think it was Sadie Hawkins. It definitely wasn't homecoming. I never got asked. But if it was a girl-ass guy, then I, I had control on that. But it was like pictures of that. And then I had also killed a, I had a coos deer hunt. Um, cows, deer. There's different ways to pronounce it. But so it was, it was, um, I was really proud of it. It took me months of practice, um, rifle because it's a, terrain that's very mountainous and it was a 700 plus yard shot um, which later when I was dating Brad my dad brought up he, he said okay do you see that mountain he ranged 700 yards he goes that's how far my daughter can kill something <laughs> so my dad didn't even like threaten my boyfriend at the time he, he like just reminding you that my daughter's deadly um, which is how I want to raise like, my girls too I don't want them to go. be like oh my dad's gonna it's like no my dad's taught me too my mom's <laughs> taught me too and I'm gonna exactly yeah, I'm always telling Did Elizabeth that? that well no I'm always talking to Elizabeth but I was like I, as soon as that boy comes over I'm just gonna give him my stare and she's like yeah your stare is kind of scary but but at the same time, you know, we, we obviously she raised Jordan five, six years before I came into the picture. And then after, you know, we raised her to be that strong person. Like, mm -hmm. like I was talking to her one day and I was like, well, what if he tries to kiss you? What if he tries to hold your hand and you don't want him to do it? And she like playfully with me and she kind of like got me and I was like, and I didn't want to admit it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Hey, that kind of hurt. Like she almost knocked the wind out of me. I was like, 
I'm not ever gonna let her know that. <laughs> but uh, she but for real though, me and threw like, me into a table. <laughs> I said, this and is Elizabeth over. came oh, back. No way. Yeah, she had Elizabeth came bruises. back. She said like this. Elizabeth told me. <laughs> Don't tell her, but she's <laughs> she's almost to that point where she can take me. I was almost, you know, you should have seen how she was. <laughs> but no, but no, she she can hold her own, and I she and can. I agree. She, like, yeah, I'm tired and of I just tough. she we're just not gonna let her listen to this episode though, so she go. knows. Okay, <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like being that backup for them. You need to be the person they come to to talk mm-hmm. to about it. But in the moment, if you're not there. They need to be able to take care of themselves. Absolutely. Right. Like my daughter got asked in church, like, oh, what do you do if someone is mean to you? And I, they were looking for, like, forgive them. Uh-huh. And Amelia's answer was punch them in the throat. Yes. And I was so proud. <laughs> yes. I do. Yeah, I love hilarious. watching Rosalind with other kids because they'll take a toy and she'll look at them like, I beg your pardon. <laughs> right? She'll walk right back up to them and snag it. Now, I will tell you, there have been a few times that she snagged a toy. Oh, yeah. And I've been a little scared to take it from her. <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> she got Amelia in a rear neck and choke the other day. And she's the younger oh, one. Oh my God. But I can oh, come in and be like, no, I'm not old enough to do that one. <laughs> off, off. Uh, but it. we are pretty big in our family of, I, and I love our police officers. I love our community, but um, you just don't have time, which is one of the reasons that mm-hmm. I don't carry concealed so much anymore is if you're within 30 feet of me and you have a knife and I have a gun, you win every time. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't get it out fast enough to really yeah. deal with the situation. And so mm-hmm. you, uh, one, trust your gut always. Absolutely. Um, so that's another thing with my daughter and, and my, my little baby son. He's not old enough to have these interactions, but we'll have them with him too. I'm just really teaching them to trust their instincts, n- worry more about their own safety than being polite. Absolutely. And just a lot of little things like that that I think come with. Um, just having that close bond with your kids and, and trusting them, trusting them with things like reloading and like my dad did. And just, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, there's too, uh, there's like a weird mix of too much coddling and too much distance. <laughs> oh, yeah. you are um, preaching to the choir, Jacqueline. Yep, yep. You don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I don't have teenagers that. yet. So no, I am so that like, yeah. I, we don't, we don't play. Like I am not the, Oh, your friend's mom said it's okay. No. Like, in fact, I can't tell you how many times I've embarrassed Jordan because a friend will come over and I'll be like, I don't appreciate that in my house. Yeah. I don't care what you do in your house. It's not happening in my house. You don't speak to my child that way about me in my house. Like, I don't, I don't, (laughs) I am not ever going to apologize for being who I am and standing for who I am and what I am. And if my kids do it, I'm going to slap them. Don't apologize for who you are. (laughs) Don't apologize for what you believe in. Now, if you don't believe the same as me, that's fine too. Don't apologize for that. Right. We can still be polite to each other. We can still be kind. Yeah. Don't apologize for what your gut tells you. I'm so tired of this. Oh, it's going to hurt their feelings. I don't care about your feelings. <laughs> I just don't. My, Sorry. Some of my best friends are vegans, vegetarians, and I'm a big hunter. Yeah. Growing up, my two best friends were one was Baptist and the other's Catholic. And so we would always just tease, all right, whoever's right, vouch for the other one. <laughs> but I love I, that. I, I think that's another thing. You don't have to. In fact, I love, um, I have another good friend who's pretty liberal and I'm pretty conservative mm-hmm. in a lot of things, but I love talking to her because I get to see the other side. And there's a few times where I'm like, okay, you have to explain to me how you got there. Cause I literally legitimately cannot wrap my mind around your point of view. Yeah. Give me some backstory. Mm-hmm. And 
but that's been a really helpful thing. Of And at the end of it, I can say, all right, I can see where you come from. I still totally disagree with you. Right. Or not. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, you know. I'm going to have to take that in consideration and mm-hmm. maybe maybe my mind changes on some yeah. things because now I know yeah. more. But And to me, that's the definition of maturity. Yeah, When you can go, okay, cool. That's yours. This is mine. That's cool. Yeah. Now we can get on with life. It's all good. We're good. Absolutely. When you, We're when still you can friends. Ha- when you can have your own opinion and respect the that that your other per- the, your friend has their own opinion, even though that you're there co- two completely opinions, does not mean that you have to be angry about it or hate one yeah. another for it. You know, it's just you know we're still friends. We're still you know it we doesn't should matter. work on that <laughs> marriage. Okay, so we've thrown a lot out there. Yeah, like we have just we had have. like uh-huh. well, and so what did I tell you? beforehand that joey's gonna like keep us he has not kept us on track at no. all you and are it's really failing. hard to, to <laughs> i know you've really tried i can't wait to hear I this you're back. Scared. <laughs> every once in a while he's like uh 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 it's, it's really to hard to get a word it's definitely hard to get a word in edgeways with you guys no, it's amazing <laughs> because you are so long-winded and you cannot I know, get in and here. this is why i have podcasts so that i can talk <laughs> And then I'm not able to talk. <laughs> okay. This is called the the Elizabeth and Joey show, not the Elizabeth and Jackie we and maybe make Joey. Our own show. Oh no! I, did we, we just create totally- because, <laughs> because I really was so excited about this. Like I I get to I get to stay home with my kids, but I was like, oh my gosh, I get to go talk to grown ups for like two hours. <laughs> there you go. About fishing and making stuff and budgeting. Having fun. Awesome. Okay, so you early on in the conversation, you threw a ton of names out there of different companies and stuff. But so me, I. I have not fished for a billion years. I have not gone camping since Ezekiel was two. So that's six years, <laughs> yeah. seven years. I We have a tent. We have basics. Like if we had to, we could go right this moment. But what? how do I get started? All right. So here's here's Jacqueline's like rundown. Just quick. Yeah. Number one, expect for some of the time of it to not be fun, especially if you have kids. What? Because this is one thing. It's, it's like the Pinterest view of camping and, and they're going to be grumpy sometimes. Um, and, and just make peace with that, that it's okay. not going to be idyllic. So lose and the expectations. Yeah, lose the expectations. Okay. And then two, pack less stuff. And in the beginning, you're going to pack a ton of stuff because you don't mm-hmm. know what you need and you don't know how much stuff to bring. Yeah. There's um, going to be those moments where you're, you're like, you're, there unpacking stuff and you're like I still got a lot of stuff in there I don't really need to pull it out right now I that's what I experienced last time that I took when we did the fathers and sons and I took I took Ezekiel with me and I was like okay well I'm gonna need this I'm gonna need that and I found that I left most of it in the car rather than pulling it out and I was like well I, I guess this is I, I only need the tent and the and the pillows and the blankets and that's it and honestly I we really could have probably just Need to use one blanket or something because right? it was a warm night. But we do something called a retrospective every single time we go on a trip, and it. I mean, every single time, whether it is something extreme like mm-hmm. backpacking, where when we did Aravipa, it's actually you hike up through a creek, and so I had sixty sixty five pounds on my back, part of that child, and she was nursing at the time. 
and you are knee deep in a creek walking up water. And wow. Brad also had another. So we, whether it's something like that or like when we first bought our Suburban and I was itching to go somewhere, we decided mm-hmm. to hot seat it all the way up to Wyoming. We drove 16 hours straight. We spent two days up in Wyoming. Um, I don't know if you saw recently, I put it's my, my brel feet. favorite picture. <laughs> I love that picture. Nothing's actually showing, but I'm nursing my second one on top of the Grand Tetons. I couldn't resist. That's and awesome. And awesome. that was just a cool experience. And so we went and we spent just two There's days. a horrible joke there, but I'm not going to. No, gonna, it's a good one. <laughs> no, French not, trappers no, saw this say. mountain range and was like, those look like boobies. <laughs> and so that's what the Grand, Le Grand Tetons. Um, <laughs> the, so I thought it was perfect the, the, for a nursing took it from you. The baby was on the Tetons, on the Tetons. Exactly. There you go. Hey, no shame in my breastfeeding game. That's a whole nother topic. Yeah. Sorry, Brad, if you're listening to this. Oh, no, I love he you. will defend it. I love you. 100%. Mm-hmm. He Brad is, all is awesome. about that. Okay, so food, shelter, protection. Food, shelter, protection, snacks for your kids. Bring stuff you know they like to eat. Okay. Don't don't the first time you ever take your kids camping be like, I'm going to introduce you to Cliff Bars. <laughs> or, you know, something that they're not used to. Um, and We're having do the retros- Yeah, do the retrospective. <laughs> so go on a camping trip. Bring whatever you think you need. Make uh-huh. sure. I love my he- my kids love headlamps. Give your kid yeah. their own flashlight. Yeah. In fact, click one of those blinky, like you put on a dog's collar. Click that on their belt loop so you can see them running around. Yeah. But just go. So your first couple of times, grab a tent, grab whatever. It doesn't have to be expensive, but mm-hmm. just go. Okay. And then whether it went well or whether it went less well than you'd like it to, take some notes. And then next time you can this, this, and this, we forgot the pump to pump up my air mattress or whatever it is so that next time you're packing, you can go, okay, make sure we have these crucial items Mm -hmm. Um, and then start small one thing I love about Arizona is we have a lot of group campsites Um, Mm -hmm. an easy one is like Woods Canyon Lake so from here down in Phoenix Mesa Mm -hmm. you could drive two and a half hours it's about 30 minutes outside of Payson and you could be on a beautiful lake there's a group campsites they have restrooms um, because that's a thing you need to learn is how to go to the bathroom in the woods. Ease yourself into it a little bit. Okay. You need a yeah. shovel and some other things. <laughs> My husband's a painter. He taught me real quick yeah. to poop in a five-gallon five gallon bucket. bucket. There you go. I've, there's been, mo- yeah. <laughs> no, no. honestly, like there was one year where, where we were doing like 15 miles of wall and we were painting it. And there's moments where you're in the middle of this 15 mile of this wall that you're doing and you're in the middle of a wash. <laughs> and you're in, you're you and and luckily the guy that I was doing this with had a a a a, a, a vehicle that was able to be Maneuver. driven in in this terrain, but so but we but we were out there and the the closest restroom was was like three three four miles away, and you just had to do your business and we had a plethora of five gallon buckets because we're we're going through these buckets like like four or five of them within like a a good hour or so. Well, you joked earlier about zombie apocalypse, something that a lot of people don't know because we have amazing amenities in the United States. Mm -hmm. 
don't know how to do their business in the outdoors. So a five gallon bucket with a like super heavy duty lawn landscaping trash bag Mm. put inside of it Mm -hmm. and either um, an easy one, litter, like cat litter or sawdust, whatever you have at the bottom. And they even make a little fancy snap on toilet seat lids. You can do it Mm -hmm. it yourself. Yeah, because let me tell you guys, (laughs) it's not going to smell pretty. There's a reason why there's water in our toilets at home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> to cut down on that on that smell. <laughs> okay, so that that's where we're at with that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, let's move forward. Yeah. The pooping in buckets. That's but, uh, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline Hartwig. <laughs> um, but basically, have extra clothes for your kids for that reason, because um, it's. <laughs> Especially little kids, if they've never gone to the bathroom mm-hmm. outdoors. Yeah. Um, oh, that's got to be having hard. Having them not pee on their pants is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- just accept that this is going to be a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And then just appreciate the little things. It is so much better if you can totally unplug. So no Instagram. No Instagram. Dang no. It. In fact, I would even say don't bring a radio. That's like, don't be blasting music. Um, But I could bring my comic books, Phil, right? Reading outdoors is one of my favorite things. Don't encourage. Don't encourage the comic books. I have never read a comic book until I met Brad. And then, uh, what series? The Red Star? Okay. He got me into, I've read a few now. Not a lot, but I know a couple. So, reading material, possibly. Reading material. Journaling. We have found with kids, though, like, especially if you have little kids. That's probably like I used to always. I love to crochet, and I would bring that, and then I'd laugh at myself on the drive home because when you have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a four-month-old mm-hmm. out in the wilderness, you are not crocheting. Yeah, yeah. You, but that's great because our kids just—I mean—crave our attention without yeah. distractions. I mean, real quality, one hundred percent attention, and not even reading material sometimes. Because I found that when I was out there with Zeke, like I, I took a, a handful of books, and he wanted some books, and because we thought we were going to be in the tent reading with the flashlights on. No, he was out running around playing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, like he was running in the dirt, like wanting to find, he was like looking for, for rocks and, and all these different sticks and things like that. So he wanted, his goal was to find the best walking stick to bring oh, home. My so, daughter loves uh, stick and drawing in the dirt. Yeah. Like that's, when we do our backpacking trips, mm-hmm. it's a little hard to get her to keep walking because she'll find a perfect stick yeah. in like a smooth part of dirt. Yeah. And she just wants to carve. Uh-huh. But so we stopped bringing those things because I found that yeah. if I had it, then I, then I was, there was a slight irritation because I wanted to do that thing. And yeah. if it's not there, mm-hmm. then I can just totally be focused on what can we draw on the dirt yeah but so so start small don't drive eight hours and hike in 10 miles when you've never done this before be able to bail quickly because if you've never done this before and all of a sudden a kid throws up in a sleeping bag and you have no backup (laughs) be able to bail okay Um, and and that's okay don't you know don't let it be oh i failed and we're never going to do this again just go back do your retrospective take some notes like have a you know be able to either mm-hmm. have spare blankets or something that if somebody throws up in a sleeping bag or whatever that you can you can deal with it. Yeah. But so start small, go somewhere that like a 2 hour drive, like so, a 3 hour drive. So she's saying don't just switch out dad's sleeping bag for the a, a clean one. 
Oh no! Sometimes, yeah, that might be the answer. <laughs> you get a blanket, and the kid gets. And a I get in there. Bag. I get in there, and there's hey, what's wet at my feet? What the oh. heck? <laughs> no, throw that puppy outside. <laughs> but so, really, all you need is some kind of shelter, like you were saying, simple foods, um, and know how to use it, and make sure it works. If you've never used a, you know, Coleman camping stove, mm-hmm. don't have the first time you use it trying to set it up in the dark in the wilderness. <laughs> right. Per- take your camping gear out in your house and play with it learn how yeah. to use it learn where the buttons See, are she's she says that i can as soon as i get toys you play with it no okay i feel like there's a backstory i don't want to touch <laughs> but so just know how your stuff works on so many levels <laughs> so many backstories there yeah but okay i love that i think that that's brilliant just keep it simple what keep is that it simple keep it simple stupid is yeah, that kiss. a statement mm-hmm. um just, okay I love that. I think that that's easy. It's easy enough. We should go camping. Do it. We should. We should yeah. go camping. We yeah. talk about it all the time. Okay. And then I, still, I binge watch. I still have that. Per- per- <laughs> I still have that permit that's valid through the year. Okay. Um, Do it for uh, right up the road. It's not even. It's like. Is it for usury? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's okay. just right up a couple miles up the road Is from it where we power? are. Um, I think kind it's of. right in between the mountains, right up here. So it's where you went for fathers yeah, and sons. For fathers and sons. Yeah. Probably so, usually. They yeah, have an awesome so. archery range and it's uh, right there by the shooting uh, range. Right there by the shooting range down the road from it. Yeah. Yep. So that's, yeah. that's yeah. probably usury. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Know. So that's another thing that we've been trying to do. Um, me and my husband used to be, I mean, multiple night overnight backpacking trips and we do still do that with the mm-hmm. kids, yeah. but, um, it's a little bit harder. So we do what we call micro adventures. And so, so I think sometimes it's easier to binge watch Netflix than the effort to yes. pack up the car mm-hmm. and you think, Oh, it's just one night. Do I really want to do all this effort for just one night? And like, uh, a weekend ago, I was just feeling super antsy. I hadn't fished since my son was born, which makes me a grumpy person. And so <laughs> literally after church, um, we just threw the kids in the car. I grabbed my, I have a duffel bag that I can grab and it's got a, a creek fly rod in it, a little vest and just kind of the basics of some mm-hmm. stuff. And then I keep in the car a little duffel bag of a spare clothes for the kids and hats and just kind of things like that. Yeah. And so literally we packed up in 15 minutes. We drove up to Tano Creek. They have a fish hatchery up there that you can put a quarter in and get fish food. Nice. And you can throw fish pellets to the, they have these huge troughs with a few different species that we, it's, it's where they stock the fish from. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's literally thousands of little fingerling trout, fingerling, they're called that because they're the size of your mm-hmm. finger, um, to about the size of your hand that my kids were just so enamored getting to throw this pellet food and watching them just the yeah, top of the awesome. water would explode. Yeah. So we did that for about two hours and then we walked down to the creek and my husband kind of tended the kids maybe 20 feet away from me and I was able to fly fish and catch a couple mm-hmm. trout and then my daughters wanted to be next to me and wanted to swim yeah. in and, and <laughs> first my daughter netted one of my fish for me so, and then we swam in the creek for a little bit and we changed clothes and we went home and That's it was cool. literally we were up there maybe six hours, two hour drive up, two hour drive back. The whole week was so much better. And (laughs) so I think people get like, oh, I need to go up and we need to camp for totally worth it. Go have a micro adventure. It's easy to bail from if things you can cut it short Mm -hmm. investment. So I think your expectation is lower. Yeah. Last, um, 
what day was my birthday? I'm so Monday. Old, I remember Monday. So Monday was my birthday. So Joey and I have been married off and on for like 10, 11 off years. I don't even know how on. long. I love that statement. That cracks me up. You know, so, well, she knows, she knows. I know the story. She knows the story. Okay. So since I have like decided to like mom, I have like <laughs> lost myself like a hundred percent. I went from like this person who went and did things and I had interests and I was fun and exciting and like I had an opinion, right? Um, and then I, I don't decided, know if you lost your opinion. Well, maybe not so much the opinion, <laughs> but like I used yeah. to be involved and I would go and do things and then I mommed and I kind of wallflowered it. And even though I would talk, I was like in the background and I was just like, okay, and now we're watching, you know, Sunny with a Chance or whatever, whatever. Or, okay, we're going to the park again for the 80th <laughs> time this day or whatever. Like I just, I lost it. So over this last handful of years, Joey and I have had, I can't even tell you how many disagreements about the fact that he has all of these hobbies and I <laughs> have Netflix and Hulu. And so we, he has encouraged me um, very passionately. We'll just leave that one alone. That I need to find something that like interests me. Okay. It, no, no, you know, I have to say this. No, 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 no. <laughs> she says very passionately. It was me saying, you need a hobby. You need to get out to do something. Obviously, because she's she's like, you, you're reading too much comics. You're buying too many comics. You're, you're podcasting. We'll talk too about much budgeting later. Yeah. But. yeah uh-huh, thank you, man. That but, will be our next segment. Uh, there you go. <laughs> But then, so I made a list. Yeah, she I had said. a list of different things. And I of made different... a list of things that I have an interest in. Okay. Yeah, which so was awesome. There's I'm sure the desk I'm... in the corner there. Yes, I saw those pictures. Right? It's fabulous. Day and a half. Are you kidding so, me? Day and a half. So tell our listeners what you did. So I got a desk on OfferUp and a really beat I, up. It one. was ugly as sin. And <laughs> but it had beautiful like footing or whatever they call Features, that. yeah. Features, whatever. Like yeah. I love the legs. The bones of it. Bones of it. There we go. Um and m- as we know, Joey's a painter. And so this was really difficult for him to hands off and not <laughs> give me a million bits of input. Hey, but I want to say really I did. Good. I did. I didn't. I, I you said did great. I stepped away and I was like, I'm going to help you. She's like, this is supposed to be mine. I said, okay. <laughs> it was You're hard. Right. Um, but I, I, we, we sanded it down. He did help me sand it down yeah. and then I stained it. Now I stained it in a ma- in a moment of like anger. Like there was so much fussing and chaos and I was like, forget this. And I went outside and put in headphones and I, <laughs> I just went to town on it. But and this did is it. how Elizabeth, how it works with her though. <laughs> because anytime that she wants to, she wants to do something, she fights within herself that she can't do it. She finds every single reason why she shouldn't or she Laundry can't. Laundry needs to get done. Laundry, the kids, the, all this stuff. A book like I guilt she, myself yeah. into not selfing. So when I try to tell her, okay, those things I can help you with those, and I, I, I and and sometimes when she doesn't, I I need to just shut my mouth and get up and just do it for her so that she can see. So I started to do that, and then she got upset with me for doing it. And, and because then because we've talked about there's the way I do it, the way you oh, yeah. do it, and the way that our sweethearts do it, <laughs> and we need to be okay with the way that they do it so that we can be okay with what we are, which is another wonderful yeah. thing I've yeah. learned from you. <laughs> oh, thank you. So I got up and did it, and then and I think she was. 
in some way upset because now she didn't have an excuse not to do it. Mm-hmm. I think so, empty space is really uncomfortable for yeah, a lot of uh-huh. people, but you have to create empty space to have room to yes. go or do these different things. Yeah. We have definitely had those same kind of conversations at, at like regards with fishing. That's kind of how the Sunday thing happened. I was complaining about how I hadn't gotten to go fishing and Brad's like, we can go right now. And in my head, I was like, uh, uh, uh. making every excuse. All right, fine, yeah. let's do it. And yeah. it was awesome. And so you do, I, I do think if you're a stay at home mom, you normally have the kids and other things. And so there is a, a level of independence lost. Mm-hmm. And, and there is also for my husband because he has expectations when he comes home, um, that he's going to help and spend time with our kids and stuff. Where I think the slight difference comes is, for example, when he gets called for military duty or if he were to have a friend call him up and say, hey, we want to go hiking. I'm already always watching the kids. So the difference is Mm -hmm. I just won't have his help that night. Right. Whereas for me to go do something, especially during the day or if he's at work, Mm -hmm. I I have to have intervention from someone else. So that is a level of difficulty that... That's real. That is real. Yeah. But it's not insurmountable and you do have to let go of some things. And, yeah. and there's other things that like in this time of my life, I'm not willing to compromise on. Like I, I love nursing my kids to a year plus. Mm-hmm. And so there's certain things like this year I did not. So does get, Elizabeth. She's still nursing a nine year old. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> some people do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Stop I love him. It. I love him. Biologically normal weaning is like three and four years old. But you have to, you do, you have to, like there are certain things, hey, time in a season, like for the first time in my life, I bought only a fishing license this year instead of I've always gotten a hunt and fish combo. Uh-huh. But I, we knew that we really wanted to have Brad get an elk um, and do an elk hunt. He's never gotten to do that before. I knew that I was going to have a newborn and just the chances of me hunting this year I could, I could go do it, but, um, hunting is something that usually for at least the way that we do it is longer hours away mm-hmm. and, and is not super conducive to little kids. Like little kids are not good at like, Hey, we have to be quiet right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas yeah. fishing less so. Yeah. So just in this season of my life, I fish more right now than I hunt and I can go on a bird hunt in the morning. Cause that's something that is just a couple of short hours mm-hmm. in the morning and I can be back to nurse and, and take care of my baby like that. But I, it, there's definitely certain things that are a time in a season and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a lot of things that you can take kids with. Like I used to float tube with my fly fishing and it's, it's like a, a really cool, awesome floating seat and you have fins on your feet that you're like your own trolley motor and you kick across the lake and you fly fish and it is so much fun. But when we have kids, uh, when we had our kids, we couldn't, by the time, we tried it. We would, Brad would watch the baby on shore. I would get my waders on, get my fins on, get in my float tube, kick out, find a good spot, fish for a little bit. I could hear the echoing of the screams of my hungry baby across yeah. the water yeah. of the lake, kick all the way back. And my actual fishing time was short. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we, we still have the float tubes, but we bought a canoe. 
got really nice, comfortable life vests for the kids so they wouldn't mm-hmm. freak out. Put yeah. the kids in the middle of the canoe with their life vests and Brad paddles. And that was another anniversary present the wood year. <laughs> I got him a really nice wood paddle. Nice. Um, but I'm in the front with a baby. Um, we are big into baby wearing. So baby strapped yeah. to my chest and ways to still do those yeah, passions. You just, yeah. you just adapt. But understand yeah. that there's going to be some modification. Understand that a kid is especially little is not going to have the patience. Like I do miss like myself in a Creek where I'd be, I would, I would be there until I wouldn't even fly. And I realized I'd be holding it up to the moonlight starlight to be able to see through the eye of the hook, to be able to thread my fishing line, my tippet through it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh man, I should have been back. So I do miss that part. Um, but I know that I'll be able to do that in a few short years that this, if you, if you look at your kids when they're little, it's such a small percentage of your life. Even yeah. if you look at the, raising them till 18 and if you live to a moderate age of 80, that's only 20% of your life. Right. That's not a huge amount. It's and not. so we definitely focus our outdoors stuff around our kids. But even when Brad's out of town, I take him hiking, talk about we load bearing weight. I, mm-hmm. I had Rosalind on my back in a pot in a pack and then Amelia did really good she made it three miles and about the last half a mile she was just donezo and so I was carrying her on the front of me you know mm. hands under her bum and Rosalind on the back of me and I was like all right I my like pep talk because I don't love exercising for the sake of exercising <laughs> and so I was like all right you know it's the you know, something's <laughs> happened where I have to save my family and you know, just adrenaline. gave myself yeah. a little bit of a story to make it fun because <laughs> otherwise I would have been grumpy, but you can totally do it solo. Like I'm not a single mom, but I solo parent every now and then when my mm-hmm. husband has military duty or is yeah. gone for a long time, or just sometimes I want to get out during the day and go do these kinds of things. And, and so I, figured out a way to take the kids and kids are so resilient and honestly they love it if you let go of the like if you are willing to let them get wet and dirty they will have the best time oh that's when they love it the most oh yeah yeah. kids are designed for much (laughs) so a couple of the things though that you're amazing at is you started weaving i have started that's my current obsession right now (laughs) when remy was little you gifted me a ring sling that i that's awesome was obsessed with. Oh, and like, the best. I probably should, could still keep him in it, but he's way too like, <laughs> let me out, let me see, let me explore. Mm-hmm. Um, you bake. I love to bake. I love baking cakes. I've got a castle cake and a couple other ones this, this month. I do. I, I think so making stuff. I love to make stuff. You yeah. cook, I you lo- bake, you sew, you weave, you crochet. I crochet. You I'm fish. learning knitting, but I'm bad at it. <laughs> you kill it, clean it and cook it. Mm-hmm. Tie okay. my own flies. So tell me Man. about this. Like where, where does this come from? How do you do and then those that crazy degree that you have things? I, on top of it, right? How do you do these things when you're solo parenting? How do you do these things when you're little? Like these are all self-sufficient things that make you independent of mainstream crazy. Big time. Well, and I think not only that, but it makes you confident. Um, my parents were just really good. My mom is really artsy and they were good at letting us do stuff. And sometimes that's messy, but they were good at letting us do stuff. So I started, you know, doing these kinds of things when I was a kid. My grandma crocheted. So that's kind of where I picked that up a little bit, but then I dropped it for a long time until actually when my husband was deployed, 
I would crochet and watch a movie uh, just because I needed something for my hands to do. But I just love making stuff. I love making my own stuff. I love, so that's kind of with food. I love cooking and making my own food. We would go to Germany and I'd come back and be like, all right, I got to learn how to make schnitzel. That was delicious because part of it came from I was too frugal. And in the beginning, we were too, uh, we were not making enough income to just go and purchase these things made by other people. So I had to cut out the middleman and make it myself. Mm -hmm. A perfect example is those ring slings. I saw a few companies that made those and they were beautiful Mm -hmm. and they had the most amazing like photo shoots with these moms carrying their babies. And I had a Catan. And when we took Amelia to India, because we do crazy things like that, Brad was working as a, at a company that had a team that did a lot of their software in India. And so he went for work and he was allowed to bring us with. And so we paid for our own flights. So cool. It was the coolest experience. Really I will, cool. I'm so glad we did it. She was nine months old and we spent about a month in India and then two weeks, I think, in India. England. And so I got really strong at just holding them, but I wanted to be able to do stuff with two hands. And so I found this ring slings. And so I looked up the, a place to buy a hundred percent linen because it's hot in Arizona. And I looked up the ring slings about six months later, he went back to India. And this is why I love my husband. He's, he's like the cooler version of Marco. um, (laughs) When he, and he, he makes fun of me as I I am just an old soul, but when he travels, I'm like trades, but he did, he brought me back silk from India and so we made that and then we made the linen ones which were the silk one I felt like was too nice to wear all the time yeah um and so I think just not being afraid to screw it up, <laughs> you have to be willing to try it. Um, same with cooking, whether it's w- cooking, weaving, any of that, um, I, making stuff I think does two things. One, it gives you some Zen time. It's, it's like, like we were talking, we joked earlier about binge watching Netflix, which I do love some good Netflix shows. Madam <laughs> Secretary is a great show. But, um, I think taking your free time, which as Americans in the 21st century, we have a ridiculous amount of free time, <laughs> taking your free time and creating something and having something yeah. to show for it. Mm-hmm is just good for your soul, no See, matter what that is, whether it's cupcakes podcasting. that you can bring, podcasting, yeah. <laughs> Having an end result, I think, is huge. And so I love doing that canning. Um, I, I just think it's really cool to look on my shelf and I see these cans of strawberry jam that I got from the farmer's market when they were doing it super cheap. I got uh-huh. at eight pounds of it for $2 and I can look at that can of jam and I can like mentally picture my two daughters with wooden spoons like absolutely hacking at the strawberries <laughs> to try to smush them and and I think filling your home with things like that is just for me anyways different than filling my home with like oh I bought this at Target or yeah. whatever and you're creating those experiences yeah, yeah. those experiences skills it's d- yeah. a different level of confidence uh-huh. it's a different level of risk. Like when I first started weaving, um, you have to, you, it's called warping. So you take this uh-huh. loom and you take this 
I, I love natural fiber. So cotton, linen, wool. I'm really obsessed with wool. I blame it on my ancestors. They were shepherds, but <laughs> I'm real. And so I had this wool yarn. It was exp- expensive for me, like 60 bucks worth of wool yarn. And it's like, if I screw this up and I tangle it or I, I, I put it on wrong, I warp it wrong, whatever. Like there was, <laughs> there was some financial risk to it. So that could, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit of an adrenaline jump even for me of like, I, I, I want to get this done right. I want it. Or yeah. picking the colors, you know, that's another thing that like when I sit down to weave or crochet, you know that you're about to spend 50 hours on something. Yeah. And so pick a color you like or, you know, make sure you like that color combination. So I think that also is like a level of commitment. Just yeah. a lot of little things that seem small, but when you start multiplying that, I really do believe it makes an impact on your life. It, and it, I think it kind of pulls you out of that consumerism, materialism yeah. just mm-hmm. a little bit. It gives you appreciation. Like the first blanket I wove, I, it took me forever and it was super time consuming and laborious, but it was the most beautiful, squishy, hundred <laughs> percent wool. Like I couldn't have, I mean, I could have, but I would have chose not to pay for a hundred percent baby soft wool blanket but I could afford the yarn it probably would have been super outrageously expensive yeah oh a couple hundred dollars so one of my most favorite things about you is that when I talk to you when I see you out with people and talking with people I never look at you and go you have insecurities now I know (laughs) everybody has insecurities and one of the things that that one of the reasons I don't I don't go camping I don't play sports I don't make things is because Pinterest has ruined oh. me. It's ruined me. <laughs> I love that talk where they showed the plate and everything was beautiful and then they panned out yes. and the kitchen was a, mate, a, a mess. A mess. Yes. I love that because that is me and I am so, I got a zero in on the perfect. I'm not, how do you, how do you not show that to the world? Because you don't show that to the world. You are oh. so like, that's a hard question teach me yoga I do I do there's definitely things that I I have my fears for sure um I recently went to a friend's house that it was literally I did not know houses were actually that clean I I legitimately I came home I talked to my husband I was like this woman's amazing I've never seen like it looked like a show house but that's her passion that's her deal and and I think one of the things that I, th- I don't know if it was some resiliency of y- some things from youth. I, you know, I kind of was teased a little bit. I, I didn't get to date. I don't know what do I, I learned to care less about people's opinions, especially when they don't know the whole story. Um, mm. and then I learned to really appreciate people's differences and try not to compare. I don't do it a hundred percent all the time. I definitely went home and cleaned my house for three hours after going to that friend's house and just being (laughs) floored because I was, but, but rather than being jealous, I was just really impressed. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not me. My house isn't, you've been in my house. That's not me. You got babies and I got babies, but this, this woman has children. Um, it's not real. I think they're different. No, but for her it is. (laughs) But I think that's perfect. I think that's a great way to look at it you know rather than going home and being jealous and sitting in that negativity and creating this this atmosphere of negativity you were impressed you looked at it at the positive side of things you said how can i 
work this into my life just a little tiny bit that I can actually feel at least a little bit of a, of bliss, the same kind of bliss that this person has. Right. I bring some of that into my life. Yeah. I, how I can look I, at how can it, I get a taste? I look at it like if you, I think, and, and maybe this is just me romanticizing the past, but if someone were to drive down the street in a nicer car, instead of uh-huh. being like, yeah. oh man, that person doesn't, you know, they're spoiled, they're whatever. What a jerk. I would, yeah, what a <laughs> jerk or this, you know, having all these negative jealousy towards them instead i like i wish that as a society we would look at our kid and be like hey if you work your butt off yeah and you you know start your own business you can totally drive that yeah. and so i think maybe just a, an idea shift of like mm-hmm. i can try this like with weaving that was a thing and and i kind of had a, a rough start into that i had seen so we talked about ring slings earlier mm-hmm. i'd seen these ring slings i kind of went down a rabbit hole with that and there are these women yeah. that weave them beautifully and I love history. I love other cultures. So I, uh, a friend of mine had just gone to Peru and brought me back some woven material that they do what's called backstrap weaving. So they have, instead of a loom, they have um, strings that are tied to, um, together in certain patterns. And then they tie it all to a tree or a post in their home. And then there's a, a wide strap that goes around their back and they lean back to provide the tension. And then they weave wow. with it forward. So wow. I looked at that and I was like, okay, I can try that cheap. And so I literally got string um, and I got a little piece of wood that um, we sanded on one side and I got an old belt and it wasn't wide enough. It was uncomfortable, but luckily <laughs> I tangled the heck out of it anyway. So it was a short project, but I started with that. I was like, all right, this is the way that I can scale it to what I have available. And I just want to try yeah. it and see, okay, is this kind of fun for me or is it maybe not my jam? Yeah. And it was fun for me. And so yeah. I went into a weaving store and that lady was a little bit like, Oh no, you, you, you have to take my class and you have to weave a placemat first. Oh. And I was like, I, I have babies. I have limited time. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. never going to use a placemat. So I was a little bummed out and I didn't do it for a while. And then I was in Texas for my, my best friend. We're still listed as partners on Facebook. Um, my best friend, Aaron. <laughs> and she was, life mate. she is, she is my, love oh, I love this woman so much. I think rare is it that you can have someone that you're friends with in high school. Uh, we got married at slightly different times. She stuck through it when I was married and she was it. Now she's married with a great guy. And now I, you know, I have kids that are working on that. And it's just so cool to me to have a friend that you can make those huge life transitions for. I think that's yeah. really special. And she's just an amazing mm-hmm. woman. So we were there. She was graduating. So shout out to that chick. Erin Trotty. Erin <laughs> uh, Trotty. Um, she's amazing. But so we were there for her graduation and they we were driving through this small town and their car, they kind of pulled off to the side to let us catch up to them. And uh-huh. their car straight up got hit by a horse-drawn wagon. Oh no! There was like an event going on this a fair, a craft fair kind of thing, and so the wagon was totally in the wrong, but it ripped their front bumper off. Oh my gosh! And so we were kind of stuck there for a little while, but it was awesome. It was like a weird heavenly. My heavenly parents were looking out for me and had to wreck their car to do it. (laughs) Insurance worked out, but so literally ten feet from that was this craft fair thing going on in this small town in Texas, weaving on a rigid head of loom. Wow. And so I got to sit and watch her. 
She let me sit down and do it. And she let it me in. pick her brain for like Are two hours. Yes. Dead serious. That's awesome. And so no placemat so cool. involved. No placemat. <laughs> no placemat. She was there weaving with wool. She was willing <gasps> to tell me where she Are bought the wool. Me? It was wow. like perfect. Like oh I said, my god. My heavenly parents were like, "Oh, you want this?" That's and, super cool. And this was like a maybe a year after that whole placemat thing had happened. Yeah. <laughs> and so I looked at it, and I had been looking at floor looms, which they're they're like the size of a grand piano. I have a thousand square foot house with five people in it so that my husband was was willing but reluctant but a rigid heddle loom is way smaller and so um the the anniversary item that year happened to be wool and so gosh darn it we got me a rigid heddle loom and a hundred dollars worth of wool yarn and i started weaving and it was just really a cool experience and and there's a lot of history that like back in world war one when soldiers would come home with shell shock they called it we call it um ptsd PTSD. they've kind of dropped the Uh d off of it but um post-traumatic stress um and knitting they would teach men knitting that came mm-hmm. home from World War One, And there really is a different part of your brain that activates when you're creating something, especially something with a slightly repetitive motion. Because mm-hmm. um, you just get to go to a different place in your mind. You're, yeah. you're creating. It's mm-hmm. meditative in a way. Um, I think there's something really... I love the tactile stimulation of the wool and the fibers yeah. and, and the, there's the color picks. But just... It just lets me go to a different place and it, and yeah. it gives me appreciation. Like, man, when I look at clothes, like to yeah. do a twill weave, like what all of our jeans are. Yeah, that's um, hard. Yeah. It's super hard. Yeah. And so it just makes you look at things different. And I, I love that other perspective. And, yeah. and as far as like not being afraid to, to, to zoom out of Pinterest. Yeah. See, I did that. I did that a while back because I was, I would always be looking at these guys at like at church and stuff like that and be like, oh man, these guys have some really great ties. Like I think yeah. I saw your, one of your husband's ties. He, and he had this really great floral tie. And, and I was that like, that was an anniversary present. Yeah, Fruit sure. and flowers <laughs> is one. I was like, I was like, man, he has a really great stinging floral tie. And I came back and I told Elizabeth, I was like, dude, did you see Brad's tie? That thing is amazing. I love he it. He coveted so, that thing. From yeah, <laughs> I did. I'm telling her. And every time he, I see it, I'm like, that's the thing that kicked off my obsession mm-hmm. with ties and, and creating my own ties because I don't know if you know, but oh, I yeah. make my own ties. They're way cool. And, and I do pocket squares with them and all that stuff. And that's what kind of kicked bows, it off. I ties. hair bows and all, all that stuff. Get so the I, whole family so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just, I got obsessed with like just looking at uh, my, uh, my friend's ties and I was like, I want something like that, but I don't want to spend an arm and a leg to, to, to do that because sometimes they get a little expensive oh, yeah, I st- and stuff like that. So I did that. And then, uh, it, it does, it takes to a different place when you, when you can create something like that. And it gives you the opportunity to do it just how you want it done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. And that's how, like, like we were, we were saying with Pinterest or backing up out of Pinterest or I think, um, the, it's not, instead of having millions of things that you're always scanning through and pinning, cause uh-huh. I, I have a Pinterest, but I, I think it's a cool tool 
Yeah. If you, but it doesn't benefit your soul if you don't put the phone down and do the thing. Right. Like yeah. stop pinning it, especially stop pinning the things that are like your house yeah. is not that. You know, I, I'm pinning someone's laundry room that's the size of my thousand square foot house helps me zero. There you go. Stop pinning it and do it. For real. Cause, there you go. cause and with anything in life, just get yeah. it done. Like I love baking. I love cupcakes. I love cakes. And, and really what that started with, I wasn't. I've, I never took classes or anything like that, but I, I have a sweet tooth. I love desserts. I love to eat. I love, I love your desserts. They're good. I was hoping you were bringing me desserts. I, I thought about it. It's been a crazy week. Do you have any laundry that you need folded? <laughs> yeah, right? that's, I know. That's wow. how she comes. That's what come you guys over. were doing. That's an excuse you guys use. It is. It is. And she you didn't bring me in. She back. folds my laundry. I make her baked goods. Oh, we talk. Man. It's a good relationship. And you didn't bring nothing back. No. I, I don't. Come on. Anyway. You got to bring something back for the portly guy over here. Come on. Well, so I was, I would go places and I would, I would spend $7 on a dessert on a key lime pie at a yeah. restaurant and just mm-hmm. be utterly disappointed. Yeah. And then it doesn't even taste that great. No. I, I, Elizabeth brought me one because uh, I love key lime pie. That's one of my so favorite good. pies. And, and she brought me one back and I was like, oh no, that doesn't taste right. She's like, you know how much I spent on that right? thing? I'm like, well, I got to. I got to choke it down now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a little bit of being a geneticist and, and biologist, like we are quite literally the, the what we eat with my with the baking stuff. I just was like, man, I, I want to use a real lime. I don't mm. want this citric acid that's yeah. been because natural ingredients yeah. just means naturally derived. It's yeah. not right. something you could ever make in your kitchen most of the time. And so I just like I wanted to go back to. All right. And it wasn't that long. Long ago, we're talking mm-hmm. sixty years ago that yeah. that cheese making was so normal that in books there wasn't even chapters included on it because uh-huh. if you were a back then a housewife, stay at home mom is what we call it these days. But if you were a housewife, you knew how to make cheese, and yeah. so I was like, you know what, I want to make cheese, and we did. Yeah. We made our own cheese. That's We've made awesome. our own stuff, and it is super yummy. And there's definitely things that are worth buying, um, especially local and and uh-huh. stuff. Just re- people that have spent hundreds of hours perfecting that skill, and I have a yeah. ton of respect for that. But I think it's really fun to make your own mozzarella. It's not that hard. It's, it yeah. is way cooler of a family activity most of the time. Once again, we go back to Pinterest. <laughs> and like your kid didn't make that, and you know, stop touching that stuff. Don't spill it. Yeah, that's the reality <laughs> of it too. But I think I think just letting go of that, like, oh, everyone's gonna be happy, and we're gonna frost the cake, and my kids are going to put the perfect amount of evenly spaced sprinkles on it mm-hmm. and it'll be beautiful and I'll take a picture and send it to the world. Right. No way. <laughs> like my kids are in underwear covered in strawberry stains <laughs> and but they love they love it and if you give them that space to create it makes yeah. so many cool memories and then you yeah. get to have it exactly the way you like it mm-hmm. and probably not your first try but your fifth try will be <laughs> right. way yummier than yeah, anything Yeah, make mistakes bought. and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our next topic is going to be based off of like economics. Okay. Oh, yes. So here's my question when we're talking about doing things for ourselves, making our own things and, and our passions and our hobbies. Mm-hmm. At what point do you start looking at is the bread cheaper to make 
or purchase? Like how how do you, you decide that? Because obviously we're gonna move into some economic things oh, here. Yeah, like hun- mm-hmm. I have thousand dollar fly rods. Like that's, that's exactly funny. it's a very expensive hobby. And even though it doesn't yes, have to be, but it often is. Okay, yeah. There's a few ways to look at it. One of my favorite quotes, I actually wrote it down so I could say it right, but um, Epicurus, uh, he says, do not spoil what you you. have by by desiring what you have not. Remember that what you now have was once among the things you only hoped for. And I just really love that quote. Wow. Everything you now have is something you really wanted. Can you you repeat that again? Yeah, I will. Do not spoil what you have by desiring what you have not. Remember that what you now have was once among the things you only hoped for. Wow. And I just, I really love that. Because I'm not a minimalist at all. Uh I, I, my, my little thousand square foot house is, I mean, packed three totes of yarn. I mean, I'm not a minimalist at all, but I do, I think it is important to have things that you love. Mm-hmm. And have time to do things you love doing. And where that comes into place with budgeting is what we do. Um, my husband was big into Dave Ramsey and he learned it the hard way. He mm-hmm. went, he went into the debt and had the creditors calling and repossessions. And then he's just such a resilient guy. Um, dug himself out of all of it. And yeah. in a 10 year period is just, um, we just for our 30th birthday, my 30th birthday, we paid off our home. And it wow. was a Amazing. eight year goal, but congratulations, cool dude. That's yeah. huge. Dude, at huge. 30, that's awesome. Cool feeling. And, and there yeah. were contributing factors. We bought in 2011 after things had tanked. And so mm-hmm. there was definitely, um, some contributing factors. But one of the things that we do, we, we liked Dave Ramsey a lot. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at like, I was always, really blessed. My parents talked pretty openly about money and they like my first dirt bike, I financed it. My dad co-signed it, but I had paid off a $3,000 dirt bike by the time I was 17 and I knew how money worked. And I think that's really important. Teach your kids how money works. But like the average American, 58% of Americans have less than a thousand dollars in savings. Mm -hmm. 58% of Americans. Yes. That came from a 2017 report. Um, Which means that if they lose their job, they don't even have a month's worth no. of bills mm-hmm. no. set. Which we had an experience with that when our uh, Rosalind was two months old. Brad got laid off unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And um, like he had just gotten a bonus and a raise. So it was, it was pretty far out of left field. But it was one of the most spiritual and cool experiences. <laughs> LDS, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has a lot of really cool stuff on finances and has been mm-hmm. talking for a long time about get yourself out of debt. Yeah. Um, and so when we first got married, we're like, you know what? We're going to follow that. Brad had been through the rough path mm-hmm. of debt and, and he had $3,000 of debt and stocks. And one of the like sweetest sacrifices he ever made for me was he sold his stocks to pay all that off so we could start our marriage off. Really cool. That's huge. Huge. Some of that was Netflix stock. So he's a little grumpy about that. (laughs) Like there's the three loves. I love you. The three words. I love you. And then like, we can't afford it. I think go really hand in hand and not in a negative way. Hold on. Wait one more time. The three most important words. I love you. The four most important words. We can't afford it. I think this is what a lot of people (laughs) do. They don't track it. They don't budget it. They expect it all to fall in place. They they mm-hmm. spend money on things that don't bring them happiness. And then they tell themselves, I can't afford this hobby. And so what we have always done, because we didn't, we, especially the first seven years of our marriage, um, 
we're not making tons of money at all. We, we went mm-hmm. to school. We paid it cash. We rode bicycles. We shared one car for over five years. We've never had a car newer than 2000. We just bought a 2007 Suburban. But other than that, 2002 was our cars. Um, but we were able to, we paid for them cash. We made, so we just made ourselves a promise. We're not going into debt in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Our home was our only debt. We paid my, we paid ASC. We handed them five grand every semester and we ate beans and rice and we cooked. Um, it is so much cheaper to cook. Yeah. Um, and we did all these things. We cut brutally in the areas that didn't bring us happiness didn't make a huge difference in our lives mm-hmm. and were areas that we could. And because we cut brutally in all those areas, we had the money to do the things that we loved. And yeah. that has changed our lives hugely. When, when that happened and Brad got laid off, my, my daughter would love to steal my phone and call him at work. And mm-hmm. most of the time he wouldn't answer. He would be in a meetings that, but sometimes he would and he'd chat with her and it would be really cute. He'd tell her, I'm typing, 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 uh, and tell her that he's working. But that day he answered the phone and he's like, Oh, I'm on my way home. Which was super weird because it was like one o'clock and he Uh-oh. works really yeah. long hours. Normally he's, he's working 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. if not longer. And so I was like, Oh, that's weird. What's going on? And he's like, Yeah, daddy, let go, let go. And I kept waiting for that sucker punch to come uh-huh. of like, wow, we have a two month old baby and a, at that time, just barely two year old. Mm. And it never came because we had three months in savings. We had a pantry full of year supply and, and I mean, you know, pinto beans and rice and simple things that I could feed my family off yeah. of. And there was no sucker punch. There was definitely major belt tightening, but we were totally yeah. fine. And it was just the coolest feeling to be like, all right, we can ride this storm. Cause, mm-hmm. cause everyone, oh, that, that was unexpected. But like, really? Yeah. Is it totally unexpected that you're never going to go through a short period of unemployment? Right. Yeah. No, that's probably going to happen to you the in this. Not we live in. Yeah, not yeah. the world we live, we live in. in. Exactly. It's probably going to happen at some time, mm-hmm. whether it's injury or whatever. And so having that thousand dollars in emergencies fund or three to six months is the next step after that. Yeah. It has given us so much peace and that peace gives us the freedom to do these crazy things like backpack with our kids mm-hmm. because like I said, we cut brutally in those other areas driving through Jack in the box while delicious. Their tacos are, <laughs> does <Man>. not, <laughs> but it doesn't no. do the same thing no. as catching a fish for me. And so okay. I would absolutely rather cook with a, you know, holding a grumpy baby on my hip, than spend mm-hmm. that money and then later complain that I can't go on my vacation so yeah. prioritize, write down your list. Like you were talking about, you just wrote down your list of stuff you wanted to do. Write that down for your daily life. Like maybe going out to a nice restaurant is your jam and that's where you want to spend your money. Or maybe it's fashion, whatever it is. Like prioritize your life and then live by that. Mm. And I think that's when you have alignment between what you're spending your money and time on and what you want to spend your money on time with on, then you don't have this disconnect, this wishful thinking. Um, I love the quote, don't have a wishbone where you should have a backbone. Like just mm. do the work, do the budgeting, put the priorities in place and then enjoy life instead of I feel like so often we're like oh man I wish I could do this or life would be better if I just made a little bit more money like 
that's not true because you're not managing the money you have right now. What makes you think making more Mo will money, help you more manage problems. it? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there's my gangster coming out Heck for yeah. you, Jack. <laughs> well, like, well, there's a, and, and how do you do that? Warren Buffett has a good quote of, do not save what is left after spending, spend what is left after saving. So set that stuff okay. aside yeah. first. I feel cool. like it's such a point of stress. And it comes from a lot of things. Like people get weird about mm-hmm. talking about money. Yeah. yeah. It, people get emotional about it. So yeah. yeah it's hard. I've, it's hard I've sat here this whole time going, please don't start crying in front of Jacqueline. <laughs> she doesn't need to see it. Like, <laughs> hug you. I know. <laughs> I was blessed that I had parents that taught me pretty good about it. And then I had a lot of self-discipline. So, I mean, I was 18 with an 800 credit score and no need to co-sign. Oh, so wow. I, I yeah. went the, I was blessed to learn from other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. Brad very much slapped his hand down mm-hmm. on the top of the stovetop yeah. and learned from touching the fire. Yeah. And so he's super passionate about what he calls slavery 2.0 or debt. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and just what a joy it is. Like for him, that experience of being out of work, instead of being super, oh my gosh, how am I going to provide for these beautiful babies? Mm-hmm. He could play with them and job search when they napped. And yeah. we had a little bit of time to pick the right next job. He's at an awesome company right now. Mm-hmm. Keep, um, Keep, and he works on their Infusionsoft product and just loves life. And it, we didn't have to, when he walked in an interview, he wasn't, you know, in a mode of desperation. Mm-hmm. And, and we, he was able to do some contracting work in between. There was no desperation. There yeah. was no panic. Mm-hmm. We got to see it as a blessing. Like with our first and with our second, he had not taken any paternity leave. Any He took like three days off. So getting laid off with a two yeah. paternity leave for me, you know, yeah. getting to have him home was really cool. And I think that is the benefit of telling your money what to do, giving it a job, yeah. is then you're in control. And mm-hmm. even when crap hits the fan, you're still in control. And yeah. that's yeah. a good feeling. I want to say it was a bishop that had told us this, that the best marriages are always because you have the same goal in mind. No matter what the goal is. Buying comics. But- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. However, <laughs> that and your guys' goal was to not be in debt. Yeah. And look at how like that is yeah. so inspirational to someone who I mean, we're doing okay right now, knock on wood, that next month is just as good. But we're finally in a position mm-hmm. where we're breathing and where I'm not crying in the shower right now. <laughs> and Joey's not on the other side of the house. We just moved. We finally are in a position where we're breathing a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not mm-hmm. great. I definitely still have debt that we're right. looking at. Yeah. But Almost we're breathing all. through it finally because we're finally making the decisions to go well you could go out to eat for lunch but then you're not buying anything for two weeks or whatever making the trade-off yeah sit down at the table and legitimately whether it's an excel spreadsheet or paper get it down on paper and then one of you might be the instigator like all right i'm gonna write this all down and i'm gonna come up with categories and this is the dollar amount we should spend eating out and this is the dollar amount we should spend on dates and this is what we think our electric bill is gonna be uh, before you do this you should spend two months just tracking your expenses okay mm-hmm. at least a month um, but two months preferable and because Things change. There's some things that are static, but a lot of things fluctuate, like your air conditioning bill here in Arizona. In Arizona, no, yeah. welcome to summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but crazy. so track it because I guarantee you at least one thing will blow your mind. Maybe it's like, oh, wow, 
I didn't know we spent five hundred dollars eating out. A funny, uh-huh. you want to yeah. play a funny game, and it depends because uh, how your sense of humor. But write down <laughs> what you think you spend, and then track oh, it and yeah. see how much mm-hmm. of a cognitive dissonance you have between yeah. what you're really doing. What she you likes think you're to doing. do that to me weekly. <laughs> well, and so it's contentious for marriage, but that's why I like putting it down on paper. Yeah, like just write down the real bills, and, and then be, and be real about it. Don't take it take it to you know offense and and get upset with your spouse. Well, because what happens is you you write down your bills, and then maybe you have no extra. Uh, and maybe you do. If you have extra, that's probably where the contention is coming from because you might value a family vacation uh-huh. and the other person might value paying off debt faster. Yeah. And it's that conflict of values and where to put the money that causes the stress. And then there's a, and then even more so is if you are on a tight budget and a spouse isn't keeping to it, then that's another whole area of stress. Mm-hmm. But just write it all down on paper, track it and then categorize okay here's our bills here's our um Mm -hmm. discretionaries and so discretionaries there's things that like you are probably going to buy groceries but there's a huge fluctuation between beans and rice and organic (laughs) kale whatever it is that's why we talked earlier about prioritizing if Mm -hmm. So, like organic produce is a priority for you, then your grocery bill will be higher. Yeah. And your eating out bill might need to balance and yeah. be lower. So just kind of, you're going to have to treat the whole thing as a scale, mm-hmm. um, but get it all balanced out and then decide on something we called blow money. You title it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But, and in the beginning, it was legitimately $5 for, I got $5 and Brad got $5 mm-hmm. and you got to do whatever you wanted with that $5. And now it's more than $5, mm-hmm. but that is your blow money. And don't touch yeah. the rest. Um, and just, I think of it, it, it's been a cool part of our marriage because it's another place that we can make and keep commitments to each other yeah. there was and one, strengthen us. There was one year where we, where we took the class and, uh, and we were doing really good. And, you know, at, towards the end of the class, they ask you to work towards, uh, having $3,000, uh, or, or three times, three, your, time, three bills times your bills. Yeah. In so three months yeah. of three expenses and we, in savings. And ours at the moment was, it was at least like $1,500. So we are, so we made our goal. We were like, we're going to do, we're going to reach for $3,000 and save it, save it and, and not touch anything else. So we did that and, and we reached that goal. And we noticed that we didn't, we didn't eat out a lot. We were cognitive of, of where that money was going and what mm-hmm. we were spending it on and what was necessity and what wasn't. At that, at that moment when we hit that goal, I was like, wow, we, we can actually do this. We, we're, we can save and budget and, and this is, we can do this. It yeah. felt easy when you were actually following the rules and, and budgeting and making sure that you were cognitive yeah. of what you were doing and what were you were spending and how you were spending it and, and not mastery. Yeah. yeah. And when you follow those things and you mm-hmm. see the fruits of your labor, yeah. what a cool feeling. Oh, it feels so and good. Just, yeah. There's an absolute peace. Oh yeah. Big and immediately time. that discord that comes with all of the anxiety and the anger and the angst it just it just dissipates we were able to pay off my schooling yeah it was like we had the new babe at home i was like i'm done it was working. yeah it was awesome we paid and off it worked yeah. out that i could be done working for quite some time yeah. it, it really is just life-changing mm-hmm. where this all kind of wraps in together for me is like all right if you if you have self-mastery over your budget 
and that gives you freedom and financial peace and wiggle room to do without guilt because you're not going in debt to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, follow your passions, whatever they may be. And, and then I love just getting in the outdoors and making my own things. It just gives me in all areas an mm-hmm. appreciation for my life, an appreciation yeah. for my abilities. I'm able to have gratitude to my heavenly parents for like, when I, I love paying tithing, I love getting to be like, man, I feel like that just switches your mindset in that financial class that, that one of the first things that you do is recognize a need to give back to, to mm-hmm. give to charity. And for us, that's tithing yeah. at 10%. And if you instantly, you go from, Oh man, I'm broke. I, I can't afford. I'm, I'm living beyond my means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you make the huge mental shift to, okay, well now I'm going to live on 90% of my income instead of living past my income, yeah. I am automatically living below my income. Yeah. And that just gives you the shift, I think, to not only be able to look at like, Man, if you want to look into some cool, there's amazing cool things there's that the church does with that money. Uh, one of my favorites is they, they, um, teach nursing, breastfeeding in places to lower infant mortality, mm. uh, which I am passionate about. And so that's just super cool. And then I also mm. totally doesn't make sense because that, that temple was built way before I was even a twinkle in an eye of a twinkle of an eye. <laughs> but I love like when I go to the temple, I'm like, yep, that's my brick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and just being the being a contributor mm-hmm. just changes. I think your perspective on life too is like you're a contributor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're able to manage and control your passions, your desires within these the boundaries of your income, mm-hmm. and you are giving back to your community in significant ways. And that is just provides that mental switch to be a catalyst to so many areas in your life. Mm -hmm. Cause now when I look at that money and I look at like, okay, I can make it for, sometimes it's more expensive to make it. Mm. Um, (laughs) yeah, sometimes, but I can, I can maybe save money making it or at least I can gain experience making it or whether, and or sometimes it's even just getting away from everything man made and getting out into the wilderness. But all these little things that for me, just bring meaning to my life. And I, you were asking earlier of like, how do I, how do I not like compare? I, maybe mm-hmm. it was what you were trying to get to. Yeah. And cause I really do believe that comparison mm-hmm. is a thief of joy. And mm-hmm. I feel like what makes me happy is not necessarily going to make you happy. And if I can focus on being joyful and if I mm-hmm. have the room to breathe because I'm not so stressed about my finances, that I can really take in the life experience that I'm having. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody, I feel like when you have those moments of focus is when you have those moments of clarity. Like when you, like I look at my daughter's eyelashes and I'm just, (laughs) you know, blown away by the beauty and, and stop trying to bandage it with not necessarily addictions, but placebos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And just, put meaningful stuff in. I remember getting teased that, you know, I was nursing my, all my kids are big eaters. And then someone said, are you just a pacifier for her? And I, I, I thought about that and I was like, you know what? I absolutely don't want to pacify my child. 
I don't want to be a pacifier. I don't want to calm down. I don't want to teach them immediate, like nothing wrong against binkies. <laughs> this is like, ex- yeah. this is existential <laughs> thinking of 2 a.m. nursing. But it was like, I don't want her to think that she needs to be pacified. I want her to be mm-hmm. satisfied, not pacified with real nutrition. Yeah. That was my like 2 a.m. musings. But even as an adult, <laughs> like don't pacify yourself with drive through. Yeah. Like, or whatever it is, like, Cut brutally. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that crap that is just making your life mediocre. Yeah. And if, like really soak up this chance that we get to be, do all this cool stuff. Like, yeah, there's so yeah. much cool stuff. Do it. <laughs> like, it yeah. might be a pincher's fail the first couple of times, but <laughs> you know what's cool? Yeah. You don't have to post it. If <laughs> you don't, just keep that yeah. to yourself and try again. Yeah, there you go. I, I love like it. it. Like I love it. it. Okay, so it's getting late, and I know that your little one wants to eat, but will you play a game with us just really I quick? I will play a game with you really okay. quick. Okay. Okay. All right, all we're right. going to play a game. I have no idea what this is. She did not prep me for this at all. <laughs> so, so, I intended on having bells or buzzers, but you guys are going to be your own buzzers. So, if you know the answer, you just ding, 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 or bzz or whatever, okay. okay? All right. Okay. The first question. <laughs> what is the best time of year to set a budget? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, <laughs> today, tomorrow, right now. Love it. <laughs> All right. What is the best way to start a savings? Ding, ding, ding. Okay. <laughs> so like we <laughs> talked about earlier, <laughs> set it aside first. Okay. <laughs> if you know what your budget is, take away that savings, get it out of your checking account first. Because if you remove it first, then you have to make the rest of the month work on Mm -hmm. what's in there. If you wait and say, well, I hope I have a couple hundred dollars extra, you're not going to Mm -hmm. because you will see something else to buy. So pull it out. So you love the envelope method? You know, we did that kind of for a while. And I do love Dave Ramsey. That mm-hmm. that's who does that. But um, because I did not have control issues with a with an with a debit card, um, don't follow that right now. We we did in the beginning when we were learning. So for probably a year, we left in all of our bills that we played electronically or by check. We left that in the account. But when we decided, like, all right, we are going to spend fifty dollars for the month on eating out, we would pull fifty dollars. Put that in an envelope. And okay. I think that's a really good thing to do with mm-hmm. things that are totally like, do you have to eat out? No, you never have to eat out. Right. Do we want to have someone else cook for us? Absolutely. And clean. And yes, <laughs> that's the most not have dishes. Part. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, there is actually though, when you cook, because you're smelling it the whole time, which you're olfactory and you're cooking it, it does actually not taste as good because you've smelled mm. it the whole time cooking. So it has a decreased impact on your taste buds. So that's why when someone else makes you a sandwich, because you weren't sitting there smelling the pickles and the turkey as it was uh-huh. being put together, um, it is a novel hit to your taste buds, your olfactory mm-hmm. senses. Hmm. And so it, it does feel more potent when someone else does it for Interesting. you. I say it always tastes better when I make it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's true. Interesting. See, science. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, pull that, pull those things out, put it in cash. It'll do two things for you. You will see the envelope getting smaller. And when it's out, it's out. And if you have the self-discipline to say, well, we spent it all. So this last week of the month, we've got nothing left to buy. Then, and you can stick to it. It'll really help you stick to that number. That is a good way to do your discretionaries is to pull it out in cash and not touch a card. 
I love it. Okay. Nice. Last question. Are you guys both ready? All right. Are you ready? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> are, you, are you ready? Okay. Who killed Batman? Eating. <gasps> How did she go? Who did it? Joe Chill, the mugger. Hand me the Batman card, please. No. No. All right, Jacqueline, would you like to see what you've won? How did she? How did she do that? I would love that? to see what I won. I don't know. <sighs> What's the matter? I was really hoping that she got that wrong too. Did I get it wrong? Nope, I no, I didn't. No. Did she get it, right. it wrong? She got it right. Did she? She got it right. She got it right. Well, I mean, there's. No. <gasps> I love it. <laughs> Okay, I love stickers. Tell, tell her what she got. It's our Joey and Elizabeth sticker. Okay, this is super cool. Oh, <laughs> did you just say my name first? It's the Elizabeth and Joey show sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have so enjoyed you coming over and talking with us. Thank you so much. I know that it's a lot to leave the babies at home. Brad has been such a sport. Thank you, yeah. Brad, so much. Yeah, he's Seriously. coming on next time, though. Yes. Right? All right. Your Heck insight. Yeah, you would love that. Good. <laughs> I, I would love to have Mona. You would probably love to have some more testosterone yeah. at this time. Yeah, yeah. I still don't think you guys are getting much words in, though. <laughs> Just letting not. you know. <laughs> Serious, your insight is so amazing. I always love our conversations. Dude, so much fun talking to you guys. And just fun talking to grownups in general. But I love, like, you guys, I admire you guys as a couple so much. I know some of the things you guys have gone through. And it is just such a testimony to me of you can make it through life. You can change your life. You can yeah. change where you're at and you can grow. And it's really, really cool to see. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank we you. appreciate you coming on. Well, Thanks for letting me talk at you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, babe, I think that's a wrap for tonight. Yeah. Thanks for hanging with us. I know. It's not like we got off topic at all. I know. So I guess the moral of the story is stop pinning it and get out there and do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Just it do it. Just try it. Take a chance. Awesome. I love it. All right. All right. Thank you. We appreciate it. We'll see you later. See you later.